0: Fighting Alzheimer's disease with diet. Let's have a look. Good morning everyone. I'm Florian Heiser and welcome to another episode of Heiser says. I've got my morning stein of coffee and I thought we would have a look at this article. Dementia and Alzheimer's disease trials giving patients hope of a better life. There's, an, well, dementia is affecting more than 400,000 Australians and it's the second biggest cause of death. They're saying there is a tidal wave, a tidal wave or tsunami of dementia in coming years. Now, this got me interested because, you know, looking at, at this is the demo of my channel, guys. So I'm not too worried about the, the children's copper uh, requirements. We're not getting any kids on Hyzer says. Surprising. But you can see the demo here. Most of us are over 25. All the way up to over 65. So I've got more people over 65 watching me than 18 to 24. So, really, all of us, frankly, everyone in this demo needs to be thinking about Alzheimer's disease and dementia. It is not a part of normal life. It is not a part of normal life. And, you know, right down the bottom, we'll, we'll read through this later, but right down the bottom here, where they talk through all the, this case study. They go through part two of the ABC's investigation into dementia. We'll look at groundbreaking study of 6,000 Australians assessing whether lifestyle uh, interventions such as diet and exercise can dramatically reduce a person's risk to developing the disease. So I'm not going to wait for that part because if some of you are familiar, I've been looking at a keto diet for quite some time. For quite some time. And there is a video here I will link to. This was... Our keto journey. Our keto journey has only got 191 views, hasn't got so many. But I've mentioned like the six videos that, well, nine videos that we've gone through. You know, Sugar, the Bitter Truth, that started us on this journey. And we just started delving into different research. Because you've got to understand this way of eating, a more fat-based way of eating, is historically more accurate with human civilization. You go back to Homer's Odyssey. What? was he you know to celebrate what did they give him the fat of the animals when he returned home not the fruit and veg not the fruit and veg and there's one website i want to refer you all to right now is low carb down under particularly their videos and essentially this is it feels like when you watch them continuing professional development for doctors all over the world on a range of different topics and a lot of these are professionals That are implementing this diet in their own practices to help their patients, to help the patients often against the requirements or the recommendations from the dietary guidelines because they're, well, they take time to update these guidelines, and that is one of the concerns. Now, before we go through this article, I just want to jump straight here to this paper. This paper, and this is Nutrition and Alzheimer's Disease the Detrimental Role of a High Carbohydrate diet. And we'll read through the abstract and some of the lessons learned. And this was, you know, received in the 29th of October, 2010, it was revised in the 8th of December, and accepted in the 27th of September, 2010. So this is an eight-year-old paper. This is an eight-year-old paper. And we'll just go through the abstract here. And I will link to the full thing if you want to read through it. Now, the reason I'm jumping straight into this is because this is the most important bit of information that if you're concerned about alzheimer's disease if you're concerned about dementia you need to start looking at this research because i mean you have to understand your gps only have so much time and they've got a a variety of cases so they may not be up to date on even eight ten year old research on these topics because so much is going on in the world so much is going on in the world so let's have a look at this abstract Alzheimer's disease is a devastating disease whose recent increase in incident rates has broad implications for rising healthcare costs, among other things. Huge amounts of research money are currently being investigated in seeking the underlying cause, with corresponding progress in understanding the disease progression. In this paper, we explain how an excess of dietary carbohydrates particularly fructose alongside a relative deficiency in dietary fats and cholesterols, may lead to the development of Alzheimer's disease. A first step in the pathophysiology of the disease is represented by advanced um, glycation end products in crucial plasma proteins concerned with fats, cholesterols, and oxygen transfers. This leads to cho- cho- cholesterol deficiency in neurons, which significantly impairs the ability to function. So, one thing you need to understand: this is based on on the contention that your brains are well, they're unable to. You become insulin resistant, and even from a younger age, even from your twenties, guys. The more, the higher your insulin spikes. The more resistant you become to it, and over time, when you, you need more and more to process what's in your body. And essentially, your brain is starving because of this resistance. So, over time, a cascade response leads to impaired uh, glutamate signaling, increased oxidative damage, mitochondrial and lithosomal dysfunction, increased risk to microbial infection, and ultimately apoptosis other neurogenerative diseases share many properties with alzheimer's disease and may also be due in large part to this same underlying cause so here you go we have a contention and i'm not going to go through all of the research i'll allow you to do that in your own time because it's it's quite interesting the more you look into this stuff the more concerning it actually gets i wish i had realized discovered all this research prior when my father started suffering from you know dementia and let's have a look at these learning points here because I, I think these are the most important takeaways if there's only if this is all you watch in the video and it spurs you to do some more investigation I'll be quite happy so the amyloid beta present in Alzheimer's plaque may not be causal since drug induced suppression of its synthesis led to further cognitive decline in the controlled studies performed so far so this is relating to one theory with regards to um, plaque buildup in the brain that it, it's the cause of Alzheimer's disease another argument that that could be a way that your brain is trying to deal with the Alzheimer's disease it's a symptom it's not a cause and we can see here well there's contention that suppressing it via drugs didn't, didn't lead to any cognitive benefits Researchers have identified mitochondrial dysfunction and brain insulin resistance as early indicators of Alzheimer's disease. Early indicators of Alzheimer's disease. There you go. There you go. The APOE-4 is a risk factor for Alzheimer's disease. APO is involved in the transport of cholesterol and fats, which are essential for signal transduction and protection from oxidative damage. This is the thing. Once you go down this rabbit hole, guys, once you start researching this way of eating, which I, I think there's evolutionary basis for it. If, if you believe in evolution, you look at human civilization, how we've progressed, how our mental capacity compressed. If you're a, a creationist, look at scripture. There's never a time when man wasn't also eating meat. Just look at Cain and Abel, who was the favorite. Case solved. So we can learn from the ancients guys we can learn from ancients ancient civilizations the ancient greeks what food they revered the egyptians as well tribes that subside still to this day only on meat so i'm going off tangent there but you understand you need to really it will challenge everything you think about cholesterol everything you think about fat because we've been so conditioned and that's just one thing you need to start doing research the cerebrospinal fluid in, of Alzheimer's brains is deficient in fats and cholesterol. Because remember, you know what your brain's made out of, guys. Pretty much cholesterol. Advanced glycoglization and end products, AEGs, are present in significant amounts of Alzheimer's brains. Fructose, an increasingly pervasive sweetening agent, is 10 times as reactive as glucose in inducing AEGs. There you go. If 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 you were simply to cut out all the processed crap that you eat, and I'll jump back here to to my video here, and this one here, sugar the bitter truth, sugar the bitter truth, and I'll just open that in another tab here. And oh, I'm getting an ad. I'll turn off the sound. But this, what am I going to add for? Oh, the Nutcracker. Oh, there we go. I might take Rachel. Uh, this is a what one and a half hour lecture just going into sugar from the university of california television there by professor uh, robert ludzig now this isn't a quack guys this is research based it's pretty you know pretty deep when you get into it just i mean how much sugar is added to the food this was our start of the journey guys a lot of this stuff in america particularly has, has fructose because it's so much cheaper so much cheaper if the first your first step on, on trying to address this and worry about this or if your parents are getting this look at the food they're eating look at the processed crap they're eating so astrocytes play an important role in providing fat and cholesterol to neurons glycation damage interferes with the ldl mediated delivery of fats and cholesterol to astrocytes and therefore indirectly to neurons APOE induces synthesis of A-beta when lipid supply is deficient. A-beta redirects neurometabolism towards other substrates beside glucose by interfering with glucose and oxygen supply and increasing bioavailability of lactate and ketone bodies. The synthesis of the neurotransmitter glutamate is increased when cholesterol is deficient and glutamate is a potent oxidizing agent. Well, there you go. We've all heard about oxidization in your body. People will eat all these antioxidants, all these antioxidants in food that will cause oxidization or cut-out food that addresses this. So by not, you know, by having a lower increased uh, cholesterol deficiency, you're going to increase your oxidization. Over time, neurons become severely damaged due to chronic exposure to glucose and oxidizing agents and are programmed for apotoxic Ptosis due to highly impaired functions. Once significantly many neutrons are destroyed, cognitive decline is manifested. Simple dietary modifications towards fewer higher processed carbohydrates and relatively more fats and cholesterols is likely a protective measure against Alzheimer's disease. So there you have it. And i would recommend everyone starts doing their own research and you will need you will need to start looking at papers you will need to start looking at lectures you will need to start taking charge of your own medical care because you'll need to go to your doctor and provide them with that evidence going here you go look at this research that's come out of south africa look at this research that was presented at this paper because uh, guys they don't have time they're not nutritionists and even if they are even if, even nutritionists, they're often restricted by the dietary health guidelines that are published by the government and other organizations. So, and they're behind the ball, guys. They are literally behind the eight ball on it. So let's have a look at this article. If, um, if, if that's all you take away, that that's all oh, florian talking rubbish. Read the paper. Look at the stuff, guys. Look at the stuff. Because it can make a dramatic impact on your life. Something so simple. If you want an example, look at some of my earlier videos, guys. Look at how much weight I've lost. And, you know, you just chuck a tape measure around, around your belly, that's that's one way to measure a whole lot of risk factors. That's how they do it. You know. Karen Cook loves reading to her granddaughter. Uh, Peyton. I, I'm sorry. I, can't, I got that wrong. But with her memory faltering, it's not always easy. Nanny. Uh, Peyton says, looking up at her grandmother, you've already said that. It was incidents like these, the little things that her family first started noticing. And that's the thing. You might even start noticing this insulin resistance and cognitive decline in your 20s, guys, in your 20s. The younger you are, the younger you can address this, the better. Even, but even if you're, you know, if you're older, you know, in your 70s, there's still time to address and change your diet, even even just to make sure that your brain still has energy to function. And I'll talk about about some ways to do that a bit later. Miss Cook, 54, with, was diagnosed with early onset dementia two years ago, at a disease she describes as being like a disco haze going through her head. It was really confronting to start off with, she said. I just don't like the thought of not knowing what's happening, which is what will happen. So, I mean, there yeah, I've been fed. She now lives with her daughter Lexi at uh, at Patina. Oh, did I said, "Oh wow, I'm I'm terrible with names. Sorry, guys. Impendigo, and together they've made practical changes to deal with her memory loss. It is the everyday situation situations that are most complicated for Miss Cook, but according to researchers at the forefront of fighting the disease, there is hope. I mean, if we look at her, she's obviously overweight, and her daughter as well. So, not as a criticism, but we can make assumptions on their diet based on their body mass index." You know, maybe they're having a high-sugar diet, maybe they're eating high levels of processed foods, and that's leading to these issues that was identified in that paper. So, the dementia tsunami. For Associate Professor Michael Woodward from Melbourne-based specialist health service provider Austin Health, the push for better treatment could not come sooner. Dr. Woodward believes the number of Australians diagnosed with dementia is set to skyrocket. People talk about the threats of the tsunami or global warming and terrorism, Dr. Woodward said. I actually think dementia and Alzheimer's disease is the tsunami that's sadly almost bearing down on us. And this would have tremendous health costs. Because I remember when my father-in-law was at hospital when he had a heart attack, he was worried because he was the one that got us started on this whole thing because he used it to control his diabetes and remove his, requirement, his dependency on insulin. And I will do an interview with him when, when he gets the energy because he's still recovering from a heart attack. Can't save everything. But he was concerned that his, um, his, the hospital food would throw him out again. Throw him out of ketosis. We really need to do a lot of work on how we are going to combat it. For Miss Cook, it comes in the form of a trial for a new medication called Gran it's a monoclonal uh, antibody, a protein made in a laboratory that binds to substances in the body. Doctors are optimistic that it will be the wonder drug they've been waiting for. Didn't we just read about something similar ten year, eight years ago in this paper? Doctors are optimistic. Yeah. Globally, there are several thousand participants involved in the trial. Miss Cook is one of the 21 patients being treated at Melbourne's Austin Hospital. The do- drug is designed to stick to a toxic protein called amyloid found in the brains of people with dementia and remove it. So if we look here, did we address this toxic protein here? AEGs, advanced end products? No, they didn't remove to that thing. Didn't mention that specifically. But maybe they should look at what's causing the toxic thing. Anyway, results from early earlier trials of the drug have been disappointing. Well, there you go. But in higher doses, Researchers said it could slow the rate of cognitive decline in people with early-stage Alzheimer's disease. See, this is the thing. I I spoke to another lady who went and got gastric banding, you know, stomach shrinking. I remember we invited her and her husband over for dinner, and Rachel made, like, a rack of beef, and this was fantastic. The poor girl could barely eat anything. And they hadn't even suggested other methods other than medical intervention as a way of dealing with, with diet. You've got to remember, guys. The, the keto diet isn't a fad. It's over 100 years old. It was initially developed to help treat epilepsy. This is what they used before they had drugs. You know, people weren't that stupid back in the day. So it will be at least two years before doctors know if the drug can improve people's memory. Wow, that's that's a long time. A long, a lot of potential decline when other methods. We want to see if the drug has a clinical benefit, Dr. Woodward said, if it improves their memory, their day-to-day function, and indeed that we may be even able to show the disease slows, the long goodbye for Linda Jackson. Watching her mother struggle with dementia was painful. Someone described dementia as a long goodbye, and it was a bit like that, she said. I remember once or twice going into my mother's house, and she'd be sitting on the sofa looking out the window with this look on her face. She just didn't understand what was happening. She recognized us all until the end of her life, Although she forgot nearly everything else. The 69-year-old, see that's not too old, from the Perth suburb of Mount Pleasant, hasn't demonstrated any symptoms of the disease, but her family history of the condition has made her wary. I mean this is a thing. You can you can be perfectly skinny and not overweight, but still have insulin resistance that can cause a lot of these issues. Miss Jackson is keen to do whatever she can to stop in helping it helping to stop it happening to her. I don't want anyone to go through that. She has completed a trial of the drug Xenamine, which aims to stop Alzheimer's by blocking the body's production of stress hormone cortisol. I hope that this drug proves to be really effective and that can really help. And in 10 years time, when I might need it, it will be available. Okay. Okay. The theory is that I, I've got need to look into this. I'm not a doctor, guys, but cortisol blocking a stress hormone. Don't we need stress hormones? It's part of our biology. This is the concern with medicine when they uh, intervening in our natural systems with drugs. There's, it's never a zero sum gain. There'll always be one bench, potential benefit here, but then an offset here. So it's, it's if it's concerning, particularly in these trials, you don't know what the outcome is. Medical experts now know that when cortisol levels are elevated for long periods, it can affect memory function. High levels of cortisol linked with stress and other processes are bad for our whole body, but may be particularly bad for our brain and may increase our risk of developing dementia. See, may, may, may. May, may, may. May. It's not conclusive. But uh, Kettlebell from drug mentor Antogen, the company behind Examine, said the early research has been promising. In our most recent study, what we showed was that giving 20 milligrams daily to a healthy elderly population was improving cogn- cognition rapidly, and it persisted, he said. While experts are optimistic about the early results, they say evidence of the medication being effective in people with Alzheimer's is needed before it can be widely prescribed. The next trial will be on people who have early signs of Alzheimer's disease. Miss Jackson, who has been taking the pills for 12 weeks, is hopeful. Anything that can improve people's chances and find some sort of cure, you know, is just vital. Have any of these people even contemplated changing the diet? Have they contemplated upping their fat to 80% increasing their cholesterol levels? Do you think? Uh, Sorry if you can hear the kids playing in the background, (laughs) guys. I'm in a little attachment to the back of the house, so the kids are literally playing around me. I'm just hoping they don't bang on the walls. So making the most of it. Back in Bendigo, Bendigo, Karen Cook is doing more than just waiting for a miracle. She's convinced staying active keeps her brain sharp, and according to the evidence, she's right. So she plays competitive table tenants, walks up to 20 kilometers each day, and goes to the gym. It could also be people who are active take care of their health and eat less processed foods. This, this is the thing with a lot of this, this stuff, guys. You need to... The, we're only getting a snippet of it here. We, you need to dig a bit deeper. If I don't exercise, I'm lucky if I can string a sentence together. It's really, it's a real, I really, really struggle, she said. But the more oxygen I get into the brain, I almost feel normal. I'm definitely not looking forward to going to a nursing home. Not in your life. That will be the next step for me. It's my job now to try and stay here as long as I can most of the time. So guys, there you go. I'll be interested to see what part two of this is and you know i suggest you have a look at this paper guys seriously jump to low carb down under look at all the videos (laughs) delve into this world and research this and don't think you're too young do not think you are too young now a lot of people will try and plug you on stuff like this on mct or you need a supplement you need this you don't need it guys you do not need a supplement for to get into ketosis if you're interested in doing that you can just do that through diet this stuff which i took when i got started and you can watch my video on on our keto journey you know it's 100 percent fat and your brain processes mct oil differently so if you kind of want a bit of a wake up in the afternoon it's something to try honestly if i had have known about the potential benefits of of you know having this diet and just eating this type of stuff for cognitive function i would have given it to my father when he was in the home if only i'd have known you know just to try to offset some of the, the food that he was, the problem was the diet he was getting there still high in processed food high in sugars high in insulin despite. so guys let me know what you think have a look at these videos watch the sugar the bitter truth please you know share some of this information read the papers do the research this isn't just about a bunch of quacks telling you you can cure, you know, cure all illness by eating avocado like that avocado idiot on Facebook. These are actually pro- actual professionals that are running medical practices around the world that are using this to deal with issues from their patients. It just, this, the advantage we have is we've got access to this technology. We've got access to the internet where we can do our own research. In the past, you'd have to have gone to a conference or subscribed to the journal to get access to this go be studying at university and then there'd be tremendous roadblocks to getting it through to the general public now if you're interested in this i suggest you do your own research you talk to your doctors and you take it slow you don't take advice from a guy on the internet but frankly taking charge of your own health is a good sign for anyone and number one what i'll happily say to everyone is cut your sugar watch sugar the bitter truth Anyway, guys, thank you for watching this episode. Please like, share, and subscribe. Share your success stories if you've gone through this uh, this diet. What have you experienced? What have you seen? And take care. If you like this content and you want to help support the channel, I have a Patreon where you can make a donation or a monthly subscription. I also have Amazon and eBay affiliate links where you can make a purchase and I receive a small commission. And then finally, I have merch on the Heiser's website and PayPal if you want to make a donation. Thanks for all your help, guys, and I'll talk to you later. Take care.